You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. this series loosely on Dr. Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And uh, in it, we've learned that all of us primarily speak one, some maybe two of these love languages. And we learned that there's words of affirmation. There's the giving and receiving of gifts. We learned about physical touch. And then last week, uh, Pastor James talked about spending quality time with those that we love. So today, as we conclude the series, we're going to talk about the fifth love language, and that's acts of service. So uh, let me pray, and then we'll go ahead and get started. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for your presence here with us. Thank you for allowing us to join together with our brothers and sisters to worship your name. Father, we just thank you for your perfect love that is manifested through Jesus Christ. Father, uh, as I speak your message, I pray that our hearts would be open to receive from you. Father, teach us by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let me get, there we go. So as I begin, let me emphasize that no single love language is superior to another. One's not better than the other. They're just different. And just like our natural languages, if two people are to communicate effectively, then it helps if they speak the same language. Uh, I found this out firsthand when I started working in the mine. I was partnered up with a man whose primary language was Spanish. And thankfully, he could speak a little bit of English because uh, that's all that I could speak. Uh, you know, I may be able to order tacos and ask where the bathroom was, but that was about it. And I don't think they serve tacos underground. Uh, now, working underground, it, you're working around drilling equipment and heavy equipment, and it's a really a noisy environment. And so to protect our ears, they would uh, make us wear these earplugs. And so we'd put the earplugs in. And that just made communication all the harder. I mean, not only did we have the language barrier, but now everything that we heard was muffled through these earplugs. And uh, it made it really hard to understand what my partner was trying to tell me. You know, I was a new hand. I had the, the lemon yellow hard hat. And, uh, you know, first experience with really working any kind of heavy labor, I, you know, I'd Picked up dishes as a busboy and other odd jobs. I think the hardest thing I did was uh, chopping weeds here in Oracle. Until I worked in the mine here. And, and so it made it hard to understand what he was trying to tell me. And I would strain and, and try to make out anything <laughs> that would, would help me. And uh, over the time, you know, I, I began to, to learn a little bit of, of Spanish. I learned what the names of the tools were called and the... The phrases that he would repeat daily, and some of those aren't worth repeating now, but uh, <laughs> I, I was kind of cracked up uh, last week, I think it was last week, that Pastor James mentioned that, that underground, you know, they partner you up, and, and uh, between him and his partner, they, they called each other cuate, meaning, you know, this is my twin. 
Well, my partner called me Tonto. And, <laughs> and for the longest time, I thought he was talking about, you know, him being the Lone Ranger, me being his sidekick. And uh, I learned that that's not what he meant at all. And so, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, if you want to tell somebody that you love them and show them that you love them, it helps if you speak the same love language. Uh, and, and if your uh, spouse's her love language is acts of service, well then you better show your love in ways that are more than just words. I want us to take a look at a clip from the movie My Fair Lady. And this is where Freddie is trying to declare his love to Miss Eliza Doolittle. So let's go ahead and play that clip. God! Freddie, whatever are you doing here? Nothing. I, I spend most of my nights here. It's the only place where I'm happy. Don't laugh at me, Miss Doolittle. Don't you call me Miss Doolittle, do you hear? Eliza's good enough for me. Oh, Freddie, you don't think I'm a heartless gutter snipe, do you? Darling, how could you imagine such a thing? You know how I feel. I've written two or three times a day telling you. Sheets and sheets. Speak, and the world is full of singing. And I am winging higher than the birds. Touch, and my heart begins to crumble. The heavens tumble, darling, and I'm... Words, 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 I'm so sick of words. I get words all day through, first from him, now from you. Is that all you blighters can do? Don't talk of stars burning above. If you're in love, show me. Tell me no dreams filled with desire. If you're on fire, show me. Here we are together in the middle of the night. Don't talk of spring, just hold me tight. Anyone who's ever been in love will tell you that. This is no time for a chat. Haven't your lips longed for my touch? Don't say how much. Show me, show me. Don't talk of love lasting through time. Make me no undying bond. Show me now. Make me no song. Read me no rhyme. Don't waste my time. Show me. Don't talk of June. Don't talk of fall. Don't talk at all. Show me. Never do I ever want to hear another word. There isn't one I haven't heard. Here we are together in what ought to be a dream. Say one more word and I'll scream. Haven't your arms hungered for mine? Please don't explain. Show me. Show me. Don't wait until wrinkles and lines pop out all over my Makes you want to get the popcorn out, doesn't it? <laughs> Inside your bulletin, we uh, have our uh, memory verse for the week. Go ahead and pull that out, wave it in the air, as Pastor James says, like you really do care. And uh, it says, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let's show the truth by our actions. 
And so you've heard the phrase that actions speak louder than words. And if your love language is acts of service, well, this couldn't be more true. And I know this because I'm married to one. Ruth and I have a beautiful marriage. And to see us together, you'd never guess that there was a time in our marriage where I could sense that she was frustrated. Each night we would come home from work, her from her job, me from mine, and, and I would settle in on the couch and turn on the TV, you know, just to unwind. Ruth would go into the kitchen and prepare our dinner. Well, then after eating, now I'm ready to snuggle up and watch a movie, and Ruth would get back up off the couch and go into the kitchen, and pretty soon I'd hear the water turn on, I'd hear cabinet doors open and slam shut. I would hear utensils hurling through the air into the sink. And so being the man of God that I am, I began to discern, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were just flowing through me. I began to discern that there might be something wrong. And so in my most tender and loving voice, I would go into the kitchen and I would say, my dear what is wrong with you? Are you okay? She'd say, I'm fine. Well, great. Now we're both upset. But being Christian, you know, we would always apologize to each other before we would turn in for the evening because, after all, you're not supposed to let the sun go down on your wrath, right? Well, Ruth's love language is acts of service, and mine is quality time. But back then, we didn't know that there were different ways that you express love, different ways that you receive love. We just thought it was love, the same way that, that uh, in the series we've talked about loving Jesus and loving pickles or loving ice cream and loving your wife. In English, you have the same word, but there are different ways that we express love. And so um, Ruth would... Uh, realized that every time that she opened up the faucet, that she would start to have the thoughts of, why do I always have to do all the work? Must be nice to just come in and sit on the sofa and have your dinner brought to you and then the mess cleaned up afterwards. <laughs> it's good preaching right here, uh. And he wants to snuggle. I don't think so. <laughs> so she realized that the thoughts that she was having weren't her thoughts. That the, we have an enemy, and he was trying to divide us, to destroy our intimacy. And I'm so glad that I have a loving and uh, godly wife. Uh, she was very patient with me. And uh, what she really wanted was that I would spontaneously just... Just show her that I love her, that I express my love through acts of service, but I didn't naturally speak that language. And so she sweetly asked me if I could help her with the dishes. Well, that night I began learning to speak acts of service. We had a great time because she was definitely speaking my language, quality time. You know, it was, it was great. She would wash, I would rinse and dry and put away. It was magical. (laughs) 
Sorry, drifted there for a second. <laughs> Did you know that we can express our love by vacuuming the floor, doing dishes, even killing a spider? <laughs> I found that there's countless ways that we can express our love through acts of service. And so today I'd like to share three guidelines that will help us express our love to others with acts of service. Point number one, we must put the needs of others ahead of our own needs. We read in Philippians uh, chapter 2 that says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In our relationships with other, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Why do we struggle so much with selfishness? Is it because we get so caught up in our, our own affairs, our own interests, that we don't consider other people's needs and, and their interests. You know, in our mind, sure, we agree that when we put other people's needs ahead of our own, it's worth it in the end. But right at the moment, it's difficult. It's difficult to act in someone else's interest when we're so focused on ourselves. You could say that we're living in a, a selfie generation, you know, just kind of. Ever see those duck faces? Yeah. It's a fish, fish faces. I can do a fish face. God has called us each to love one another. But to do this, we need to break that pattern of selfishness. Often we miss opportunities where we can serve others because we're always thinking about ourselves. And so... Let's look at some ways that we can break this pattern of selfishness and become more selfless in our relationships with other people. First, let's broaden our perspective. We do this by looking beyond our own needs, our own self-interest, and we consider the needs and the, the interest of other people. <laughs> He's not doing a fish face. But most of the time, we're so focused on ourselves that we don't even notice other people's needs. But if we broaden our perspective and look beyond ourselves, we'll see that other people have needs that are just as valid as our own. Can you imagine a firefighter taking a selfie instead of fighting the fire? So focused on his own needs, he didn't realize the validity of other people's needs. Uh, next, let's think about how other people feel. Empathy and selflessness go hand in hand. When we can understand how other people are feeling, then we're more likely to move and act in a selfless way towards them. And let's be selfless even when no one notices. Our tendency is to want to 
announce every time we do something good. You know, you walk across the room and you pick up a sock and throw it in the hamper. I cleaned my room. Did you notice that I did the dishes and I took out the trash? We want to announce that. But by announcing our good deeds, no longer are we showing the other person that we love them. Rather, we're selfishly putting the attention back on ourselves. And then the, the final way of breaking this pattern is to have the mindset of Christ. Our greatest example and teacher of servanthood is our Lord Jesus Christ. And he showed us by example that nobody is above service. Nobody is above serving. He took on himself the very nature of a servant. And in Matthew's gospel, he says of himself, the son of man came not to serve, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. His entire life was one of service. But probably the most notable uh, example of servanthood was when he washed his disciples' feet on the night of his betrayal. The apostle John wrote, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for... Oops, I skipped. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. And so he got up from the table, and he took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around them. So Jesus knew that he was going to be betrayed that night. The very next morning, he would suffer an agonizing death on the cross for the sins of the world. From our viewpoint, Jesus had every reason to be preoccupied by his own imminent sufferings. Yet Jesus took the time to wash the feet of his disciples, even the feet of Jesus or Judas, the one who would betray him. And he did this with the full awareness of his divine dignity, knowing that he had come from God and was going to return from God to God. Now, the disciples' feet would have been covered with dust because the roads back then were, were very dusty. And so it would have been common that if you came to my house for the evening, that I would greet you at the door, kiss you on the cheek, I would uh, offer you oil to rub on your face, and then I would call one of my servants to come and take off your sandals, wash your feet, and then we would go in and we would have our dinner. And that would be a common sign of courtesy. But what was not common was for the, the host to wash the feet of his guest. And so the disciples were shocked. Why was Jesus washing their feet? After all, foot washing is the work of slaves. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his 
clothes and he returned to his place. And he asked, do you understand what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, that's what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also, also wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. And so by washing his disciples' feet, Jesus set an example that not only to his disciples, but also for us, that no one is above serving. And he expressed his love by serving other people. And he instructed us to have the same mindset or the same attitude. You see, being a servant is really more about attitude than it is about what you do. We can perform the same act of service either grudgingly or in loving kindness. Either way, the task gets done. But which one will make the other person feel loved and valued? Point number two is let our love be motivated. Let love be our motivation for serving others. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Verse 3, it says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Jesus modeled this 1 Corinthians 13 type of love, not only by washing his disciples' feet, but by willingly giving his life for them. And not just for them, but for us as well. He left the glory of heaven. He gave up everything to show us his perfect love. His love was poured out so that we could enjoy a relationship with him throughout all eternity. And the love of Jesus was expressed in more ways than just words. Truly, he is our example that we must follow in our expression in our love towards God, our love towards our neighbors, and yes, even towards our enemies. Peter wrote, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And so it's through acts of service that we're able to display the gifting that we've received from God for the good of others. But our love must be sincere. I know when I'm not being motivated by love, my actions are driven by my need for approval or for attention, or I'm moved by guilt, pride. Maybe I just want to feel good about myself. And if our love, if love is not our motivation, then we gain nothing of value by our service. It's through love that we discover the utmost value, and that's our relationships with one another. We're created to enjoy loving relationships, first of all with God, our Father, and then with one another as brothers and sisters. Love-motivated service brings glory to God because we choose to conform to His image, and God is love. He is love manifested. So our third point is to realize 
that as we serve others, we're serving God. In Matthew chapter 25, verses 35 through 40, it reads, For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you are doing it to me. So in this passage, we clearly see that whatever we do in acts of service to others, it's as if we are doing it to God. It demonstrates that God is honored when we lovingly and selflessly prefer the needs and interests of other people over our own needs. This kind of love that's shown through actions is one of the greatest ministries that we can have. So whether it's doing the dishes, changing a diaper, pulling weeds, our acts of service don't go unnoticed by God. Our Heavenly Father is honored by it. And believe me, if your spouse speaks the acts of service love language, it won't go unnoticed by them as well. They'll truly feel loved, valued, and appreciated. So as we conclude this series, we've learned the importance of expressing love to other people. And we've learned the importance of expressing that love in the language that they understand, the language that they receive. Since God created each one of us and he speaks all of our love languages, then we too, as children of God, can strive to demonstrate God's love towards others in the love language that they speak. St. Francis of Assisi was a monk in the 12th century, and he was known for making God's love real in many different ways. In his writings, it's evident that he was fluent in all of these different love languages. And so there's a story that goes that, that Francis invited a young monk, a monk in training, as it were, to follow him one day and to preach the gospel. And so the young monk was all excited and, and he gathered his, his books and, and he, he was ready to go off. And as they walked down the street, they saw a farmer whose cart had fallen into a ditch. And so they stopped, they rolled up their sleeves, if they had sleeves, I don't know what they wore back in the 12th century, but they helped the farmer get his cart out of the ditch. They'll little ways further, they, they talked with some merchants, and they were able to share some words of encouragement to them. They stopped to eat, and they saw a, a beggar that was hungry, and so they shared their lunch with him. And then after they had eaten, they, they prayed for a woman who was sick. And they saw another woman that was, was carrying a heavy load, and so they, they stopped, and they offered to help carry this load. Well, when they got back to the monastery late at night, 
the young mother said that the day had just kind of slipped by and they hadn't even preached the gospel. And Francis replied, my son, we've been preaching the gospel all day long. So as we express our love towards God, our neighbors, and our enemies, let's remember that love is a choice. We have to be intentional in it. Our memory verse says, let's not merely say that we love each other, but let's show the truth by our actions. Let's stand together. Heavenly Father, just thank you for your word. Thank you for showing us the example of how to love others selflessly. And Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts to be observant and to notice the needs and the interests of other people and prefer them above our own. I speak to myself as well as a voice for this congregation. Thank you that you meet us right where we are, that you love us perfectly and unconditionally. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.